Don't look back because the market is closed. Good Friday afternoon, everyone. Tyler Herridge here with you for today's VRA Investing Podcast. It was a bit of a slow day, at least for our major market indexes, to close out the week today. We did start off the morning in negative territory, but we finished well off the lows of the day. The Dow was our only major index that was able to finish positive, though. It did get back above 30,000, where it closed below yesterday. Uh, So good to see it hang on to that 30,000 mark. It is an important psychological uh, uh, number, at least. Uh, but we finished up 0.16% today to 30,046. We were followed there by the S&P 500 down just over one-tenth of 1% to 3,663. Next up was the NASDAQ down just over two-tenths of 1% to 12,377. And lastly, the Russell 2000 down 0.57% on the day today to 1,911. I wanted to jump right into our market action today because we are seeing some weakness in in some key areas of our market right now. Uh, That's what we've been talking about here for weeks. Our markets were at extreme overbought levels, and this week has really served to pull back from those excessively bullish readings, whether it was sentiment or our VRA momentum oscillators. Uh, So we're still at overbought levels, but no longer at the extremes that we have been seeing We aren't ready to say that this pause is over yet, but like we've been talking about here, this pause could be a great opportunity. Since we've, since the March lows, pauses have been short and sweet. That's the sign of a powerful bull market that wants to continue to go higher here. Uh, Like I said, we've seen that since March from this year. So we're we're not ready to say we're going to see a big sell-off here. But something in the 5% range doesn't sound out out of the realm of possibility and would likely serve as a great buying opportunity. Tom McClellan, uh, the inventor of the McClellan Oscillator, pointed this out. That over the last 10 years, which uh, we just saw this as well, when 90% of all NYSE stocks are above their 200-day moving average, as of yesterday, 91% were that over the last 10 years, shortly thereafter, declines in the 5% range are common, but they do tend to be short-lived and followed by a continuation of the move higher. That's what we've been talking about here for weeks. We needed some selling pressure to get rid of those overbought readings, uh, get us back into that sweet spot here before our market can continue to climb to some new all-time highs. Another factor here that we're watching that 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 continues to give us give us signs of strength from our market and that we still have room to run is the U.S. bond market. The current ratio of bonds versus the S&P 500 continues to make new lows right now. So from where that is an indicator that stocks aren't under too much pressure. If they were under a lot of pressure right now, if, they, if we saw some big fears, uh, some big headwinds coming in our near future, we'd begin to see money flowing into the safety of the bond market. And that just hasn't happened yet. So this another thing that we're watching there for our, our long-term, medium to long-term view. Um, but overall, again, it remains unchanged. We've been due for a pause and we'd love to use this pause as an opportunity here. There is one thing that I did want to talk about, like we've been doing here, which could derail the market. Of course, that's a black swan event, the fear of the unknown unknowns, if you will. And in this case, 
It's not a perfect black swan event because we can see some aspects of this brewing. Just like we saw with coronavirus at the beginning of the year, it wasn't a true black swan event because it started to, to come up. The writing was on the wall before the big sell-off. But from the grand scheme of things, you can only see that in hindsight. So we're in a very similar situation right now. And the number one, of course, being, or at least the first one I'm going to mention here, is the fear of coronavirus lockdowns. That's a big one, of course. Businesses shutting down, what that's going to do to our economy. Again, that is, it is an unknown unknown because nobody knows what's exactly is going to happen right now. Will more governors choose to lock down their states? We'll have to wait and find out. But the biggest one, of course, like we've been talking about here, the election. Uh, We've been talking about this here for weeks now. It's the biggest unknown unknown out there. Yes, we can tell some things about it, but nobody knows how this is going to play out and in what manner those things are going to play out. Right now, we're still waiting on the decision from the Supreme Court as to whether or not they will hear the case from Texas. Many already claiming that it will not happen, but again, no one can know this for certain. So, It is an unknown unknown. Let's even say that the Supreme Court does say no to hearing this case or hears the case and dismisses it. Then there's a chance that something even more drastic could happen. And that would be President Trump utilizing his executive order from 2018. If you haven't seen this yet, I encourage you to look it up. It's about foreign election interference and It's called the Executive Order on Imposing Certain Sanctions in the Event of Foreign Interference in the U.S. Election. So to to briefly sum up essentially what it is, is if the government finds that there has been some interference to undermine public confidence in our U.S. elections or to tamper with the U.S. election, uh, it can be deemed a a threat to national security and even declared a national emergency to deal with this threat. Uh, There's a a bunch of different scenarios of how that would play out from taking property and interest from the groups involved that uh, are in the United States, in which case the U.S. government would take full possession of those and sanctions can be placed on the parties involved. So you can see how that is the more drastic approach, and that's how something it, it could get serious pretty quickly and while that might be a long shot, it's something that we see as a need to prepare for here because once that news breaks, any news like it, the market would likely sell off and sell off quickly. And of course, there's the other event as well that I haven't mentioned yet, which is if the Supreme Court does hear this case and does take it on and, and finds it to be that Texas and the other states that have now signed on board with this lawsuit have been wronged and they do overturn the election that would likely cause a lot of chaos as well so you can see here where this is almost a a lose-lose situation uh it could possibly play out that way at least you know one side is going to feel wronged either way that this plays out one thing that we've talked about here kip has talked about here is the supreme court is in a very interesting position right now If the Democratic Party wins, and let's say they win the Senate as well, that is likely the end of having a conservative majority on the Supreme Court because we know that they're going to try to pack the courts. So conservative justices right now are fighting for their own survival, basically. So voting against this lawsuit would be, in some ways, voting possibly against their best interests unless they might be on the other side 
behind the scenes, and they are really conservative justices. Uh, so a lot of things that we're watching for here. Um, we've been talking about them here for weeks. Of course, we're going to keep watching the VIX, which was up 3.4% today. Still near its recent lows, though. Hadn't seen a big spike in the VIX. But if something like this were to play out, you could see how the VIX would spike very quickly. We've also seen, uh, like today, uh, tech leading the way lower. The semis were down 0.85% today. The NASDAQ lower as well. So again, we've been talking about the need for a pause here. Uh, these happen to overlap a little bit right now, but we're going to be continuing to watch closely. And again, we're not confident in saying that this pause is over yet. Uh, and the last one here, the internals weakening. That's a big sign that when we start to see internal weakness, um, that, that signals issues for the market. And we saw a little bit of that weakness today, nothing to be overly concerned about just yet, as we've seen strong internals here for the last few weeks now. But advancing uh, to declining stocks did come back negative today with roughly 1,000 more stocks declining to advancing. New 52-week highs to lows remain strong here. This can be a bit of a lagging indicator, uh, but they have pulled back from the recent strength that we've seen, even on an update like today. Earlier this week, we had days with over 700 stocks hitting new 52-week highs. Today, still strong numbers. I mean, we got 450 stocks hitting new 52-week highs to just 16 hitting new 52-week lows. We're going to continue to monitor that. And then lastly, volume on the day-to-day -day came in negative on the New York Stock Exchange, about a billion more declining volume than advancing. But we did get positive volume on the NASDAQ, uh, which is not a bad sign, especially on a day when the NASDAQ finished lower. Uh, next up here, let's take a look at our sectors on the day. We finished with four out of our 11 S&P 500 sectors higher on the day today. Those were communication services, commu uh, consumer staples, industrials, and utilities. Our laggards on the day were energy. Oil was down a little bit today, uh, followed there by financials and materials. Lastly here for today, our VRA commodity watch. Gold, our only... Um, Precious metal that was higher on the day today, up three tenths of one percent to one thousand eight hundred and forty-two an ounce. Excuse me, silver pretty much flat on the day today, now down just 005 percent to twenty-four dollars and eight cents an ounce. Copper down today as well. Uh, it hit a seven-year high yesterday, so not a big decline here. Uh, and we continue to see the rally in copper has room to run. Uh, that don't doesn't mean there won't be positives, but we are entering one of the most seasonally bullish times for copper right now. So today, we did finish down 1.13% to $3.53 a pound, but we think we'll continue to see some new highs from this group here. Oil down as well today, down 0.45% to $46.57 a barrel. And lastly, Bitcoin continuing its recent pullback, now down 2% on the day and back to its $18,000 a Bitcoin mark, almost exactly there right now. Folks, that's all that we have time for here today. Please be sure to subscribe to receive our VRA podcast every day at the market close. You can sign up at VRAinsider.com. Click the podcast link at the top, and we'd love to have you with us. Thanks again for tuning in. We hope you all have a great weekend. Uh, until next time, we'll see you back here Monday for the close.